I want to live for justice. I don't want to die for justice because then you can't do anything else. You're dead. You're dead. Welcome, fam. This is Courtney Russell Jr. And I'm here with my co-host, Emily Brocker. Welcome to Humanize. We are two Americans with totally different backgrounds and life experiences. We're coming together on this podcast to dive right at the heart of the three things that shut down tough conversations about race, culture, power, and ego. The stories you are about to hear are meant to humanize those deeply involved in social justice. Welcome to the work, y'all. Let's get it. Welcome back for another episode of Humanize, and we are interrupting our previously scheduled uh, outline of episodes to take a moment and just respond to what has happened in this past week, which was the guilty verdicts for Derek Chauvin on the murder charges, the three different types of murder charges um, of George Floyd in 2020. This is obviously a very important event, and we wanted to just take a second to slow down and kind of dive into it and understand it uh, from as many perspectives as possible. So, Courtney, Courtney, hello. <sighs> hey, hey, hey. How you doing? A lot of mixed emotions, to be honest. You know, um, on the one hand, it, it, we were started to move a needle towards a semblance of justice. On the other hand, I, I, an agenda keeps coming up in my mind. You know, and uh, I watch a lot of news, and as I say that, mm-hmm. the the thing about agenda because it really feels as though w- when you talk about unsafe and safe, uncomfortable and uncomfortable, this came up for me. When when things like this happen, I like to watch different media outlets give their opinions or give their outlooks on what happened. So I want you seeing it. Obviously people are happy. They're in the streets. They're, they're showing their pleasure with a man just getting convicted guilty. Then you go to Fox. Why do we do this? He was guilty, but we shouldn't be this happy. And then systemic racism comes up and then this comes up and it's like, how could we be systemically racist when Barack Obama was the president? And then they start going down that rabbit hole. And then they say, this is an isolated event. He should be held accountable, but the police at large are great people. And for that, the police at large being great people, I 100% agree. But there's never an awareness that the system was not really built to protect us all, mm-hmm. you know? And that is what's aggravating. And also, too, I, I, I feel as though there's probably too much celebrating in the streets for this guilty verdict. Because from then to now, we've lost two more black lives. Like during the course of this trial? No, since the verdict until right now, two more individuals have died at the hands of police officers. Oh, you know, and so yeah, it's it's like okay, maybe me being an optimist, maybe accountability is being had. You know, Um, maybe um, the justice system is is like Martin Luther King said, the arc of justice is long. You know, and maybe it's getting to where it should be, but. To be honest, um, we got a lot of work to do, and I feel disheartened that 
individuals still aren't ready to say the system was not built to protect us all and still trying to make it seem as though these are isolated events. And just like if you're a doctor and you're treating someone with heart disease caused by smoking, you're not going to let that person die. You're going to do your best to save their life. You're not going to say he shouldn't have been smoking. Maybe he would have lived longer. There is no doctor in history that would say that. Police officers now, someone brandishing a knife. Why was he brandishing a knife? He sh- she shouldn't have did that. You know, there's a level of accountability when you are a professional versus someone who is being emotional at a time. I'm not, and I'm not giving the the person that was brandishing the knife like, oh, she sh- yeah, that's fine. She has the right to do that. Yeah, it's a sticky situation. But police officers are paid for sticky situations. They literally are paid to wake up every morning, put the badge on, and knowing that I am sacrificing my life to save lives. And so it's like if your if your beautiful daughters came when they saw me for the first time and slapped the hell out of me, right? As an adult, as a person who with my frontal lobe is, is a lot more intact than your your daughters, they I shouldn't just haul off and start beating your daughters in, on the porch. You know, like what if me and your daughters got in a fight and I said, she hit me first. Mm-hmm. um no sir you're 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 going to jail you're going to jail sir like i i don't so so that's what it's like i gotta be held accountable for the actions as an adult with training versus or any professional so to me police officers are one of the few individuals that are giving rights to just kill with impunity just because they have a hard job what does that mean i have a hard job all right. So does a mother, you know? And so that's, that's how I feel. Uh, I know mm-hmm. I went on the rant, but I'm feeling some kind of ways to be honest. Yeah. And what did you like leading up to the verdict? What, what were you feeling? What were you thinking was going to happen? What was going through your head? If this verdict goes away that the country feels is unfair, shit's about to go down. Yeah. We're going to get pro- protest 2.0. You know, I think it would have been a lot worse. And I think that is when I speak of agendas and police officers and governments. And I mean, for what I didn't like is how and I need to get more research on it, but how President Biden even weighed in a little bit on the trial. You know, that doesn't look good as a as a leader of the free world. You can have your own feelings behind your closed doors. But I didn't like that. At certain times, you have to know. You gotta leave the emotions at the door. When did he, when did he weigh in? Like before the verdict? It did. Yeah, a little bit. You know, it was very obvious. Like I, I, sh- I should have brought a clip, but it was very obvious that he said something that showed that he was leaning more towards. I hope is a is a guilty verdict. You know, and and that's that's kind of like ah, uh, you can't do that. Yeah, that's strange because that's like if we're wanting, we want justice it can't still be politicized. Like this is, you know, to prevent basically what everyone knew would happen. Like we want, we don't want exceptionalism and justice as well. Like that's, we're already losing our democracy. We can't use, lose our judicial system as well. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's why it, when you have the justices and the DOJ and all those individuals, they have to be um, above politics. Yeah. For reasons like that, you know, you don't because like, like when Trump was doing his thing, everybody was arguing. 
oh my God. So now when we're on the, we feel as though it's justice, we can't do the same thing. No, right. We can't, you you can't. And so no matter how I feel behind closed doors, only me and my partner, my wife could know, hey, I don't like, and I hope Derek Chauvin is guilty. Okay, cool. Thanks, babe. Good night. Mm-hmm. But if I'm on the if I'm on the biggest pulpit in the world, I gotta say, I leave that up to the justices to do their job and DOJ to do their like. You have to, you know. And so I, I didn't I didn't like how that came across. But up to it, I, I was talking with students and the young adults I work I work with, and um, they asked me, "What do I think will happen if it was if he's deemed innocent?" And man, I, I was I was more afraid of that than anything. You know, because afraid in what way? Emotional activism to me is is terrifying, right? Mm-hmm. It's very terrifying. Um, I think the anger should be a catalyst for strategic moves. Emotions mm-hmm. should start should start like, oh, I feel that that was wrong in my gut. Oh, I'm crying. I am pissed. All right, now what do I do? What do I do now with that? Not, I am mad and I'm about to go and break down this and burn this down and and fight this person. Because again, police officers are just relaying the laws that were set in place by individuals who are safe at home in their house. Police officers don't make laws. So if you're going to really get to the root, and I'm not saying this, if you're really going to mess people up who made bad laws and allow, why don't you talk to Congress, senators, congressmen and women, you know, that's the, that's the issue. And so like, this is why education of government is such an important thing. We protest so that individuals who are in power will see and know and hear the voice of the people. Mm-hmm. But when we damage our own communities. It's really indicative of the lack of the lack of knowledge that we have and how emotional and i understand because like like again like king said when people riot that is the voice of those individuals who have not been heard and and, and so they don't know like where to turn and they just act out in that way and so raising awareness around these issues is is what i i have really sacrificed my life and so i was afraid that it would have been an emotional a lot more emotional than last year if we didn't get, or if, if the community didn't get the verdict that they thought they wanted. And so I was afraid of that. Yeah. I have another question for you. And I, I'm just uh, realizing that we didn't preface this episode with our normal preface of like, we're asking each other these questions based on the relationship that we have and the invitation that yeah. we have to be really honest with each other. So we don't want to encourage everyone just going around and asking these questions. <laughs> I say that oh. as a front a front load. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't 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 get your ass beat. Don't get your ass beat. <laughs> so, question I have, I'm just curious. Like, does this verdict change how you feel? Like, if you were to be pulled over by the police tomorrow, does this change anything for you? No. You're still like, how would you? No. This is the first verdict in since <laughs> slavery last. <laughs> like I, I'm trying to figure out how to even ask. Like I'm not trying to say 
that was a dumbass question. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I love you. You know what I mean? You family. You know what I mean? I got you. I got you. But <laughs> goddamn, man, let's let's think about this thing. Hold I on. mean, I'm asking. I'm asking because I think it's an important conversation to yeah. have. I don't it, it, like it's. A, it was. It just... I think that. Well, like I just. I, I'm also asking because I I'm I'm seeing, you know, people posting like white friends posting like. I'm in tears. I'm so overwhelmed. And like, I wasn't really, I'm like, well, yeah, like that's kind of, my, you know, like I'm glad that we didn't have like whatever the country would have dealt with, like in response. I mean, maybe it would have been a catalyst for something else, but I'm kind of like, well, yeah, like, I, I don't know, like my, I, 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 and I'm just so- curious if people are seeing this as like, how important is it? I guess that's my like, where do we, how do we contextualize this? You know? I, I, I got you. I got your, your question. I'll just, um, you know, I got to give you a hard time. No, I know. I know. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I deserve it. I think, <laughs> I think it's, um, I think it's a little over 400 years too late. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, yeah, to be honest, it's like, it's like we're, we've been at war since the inception of this country. And I think we, not even a battle. You know, I think a bullet just came through and, 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 and clipped somebody in the in the shoulder with this verdict. You know, that's how how big this this fight has been, you know. And so has it pushed the needle a little bit? Of course. Has it set a precedence? Uh, yeah, a little, you know, but we have so much work to do in the realm of criminal justice. When you're speaking of. The amount, the disproportionate amount of black and brown individuals and um, behind bars, how we how we treat mental illness when it when it with regards to criminal justice, uh, how we treat med- medicine when it comes to criminal justice. I mean, it's so many things that that have been generational that this verdict is like, oh, OK, cool. Um, all right. We'll we'll see. And so like. The AG Attorney General is is looking into the practices of the Minnesota police um, to see if mm-hmm. it's a is a, a systemic issue. But again, it's not Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It's a st- systemic issue nationwide. And and so, do I? St- would I, I will always be afraid because mm-hmm. Mayor Garland, the judge who gave the verdict, the jury, individuals, the police officers who are taking care of Derek Chauvin won't be pulling me over. Mm-hmm. It'll be somebody else who may be afraid of a black man who, who, right. who may have, you know, so it's like it's systemically we have a lot of work to do. And that's going to take it's going to take generations. That's going to take generations. It took a long time to embed the, the ignorance and the, and, the, and the racism into our culture. And so we just not going to have one good thing happen and think that that's going to erase that. So I don't again, I always got to say, I do not think the profession of law enforcement is a bad one. I don't think police officers are inherently bad people. I think the system is created to protect who it's created to protect. And it's not created to protect men and women that look like me. And so every time there's an interaction with police, until we have a overhauling, a phenomena of overhauling of what we view as policing today and what we hold as priorities today, I think we should be afraid with every interaction. Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes back to me with the the gentleman who is an active member of the military getting assaulted by a police officer. Oh, I know. 
Are you crazy? Like in uniform. What are you like? How was he? How the hell was he aggressive or a danger to that police officer at that time? And so, like, yeah, like, as you like I said at the earlier part of this um, episode, two more black people just died since the verdict this week. Who was the second? I know. How do you say her name? It was. Yeah. The names allude. Um, I can't. I was thinking about that when I said it. I was like, damn, I don't know the actual names. <laughs> uh, but it was, it, was a, it was a girl in Ohio and another guy um, so, somewhere else in the country. And both were fatally, like, fatally shot. Like, and so that goes to show that verdict. What does that mean? But, hey, we see you. And or, you know what? We couldn't have individuals rioting anymore because I don't think our country could take a riot trying to get out of this pandemic. That was a lot going on then. So let's get let's sacrifice Chauvin so that we we can shut these people up. I'm gonna be honest, you know what I'm saying? So I I I don't I don't know. And I'm not saying I just like to think about things from I like to play devil's advocate in my mind and de- and think very defensively, you know. And so if I was if I was a person who was operating in a a white supremacist system. There are certain things that I, sh- I I give away for the greater good of my agenda. If I want to, like, oh, you know what? Eh, go ahead, let's shut them, shut the hell up. Give Barack Obama, yeah, he could be president for two terms, so they can shut the hell up, and we can continue to do it. With oh, you know what, Derek? You gonna have to be sacrificed today. Yeah, go ahead. You know, and so that's not the issue. The issue is, can we have a conversation about? racism white supremacy you are not bad as a white person you are not bad you couldn't pick and choose and this is the issue that i i would love to talk to a person who feels slighted if someone says you know what the system that benefits from you is a white supremacist system mm-hmm. and you being colorblind is some more bullshit mm-hmm. and because I, I i emily i need you to see i'm a black man quick mm-hmm. Don't don't mm-hmm. don't tell me that you colorblind because I'm like yo I can't work with you no more then because if we go right. somewhere I need you to say hey there's a black man with me relax I don't need you to say I don't see color oh, you fucked up now like I right. can't I can't even talk to you now. so I, when we start having those real conversations like I don't even know how the needle will move for real we just continue to get crumbs off the table and not really eating the whole meal bro yeah we just start we're starving for freedom right now we are starving for freedom right now. Mm-hmm. What did you make of um, Pelosi's tweet after after the verdict? So let me read it. Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice, for being there to call to your mom. How heartbreaking mm-hmm. was that? No. And because of no. you, your name will always be synonymous with justice. So, oh, you see she that? had really good intentions, right? Woo! Boy. <laughs> Oh shit! I missed that one, yo. I just said that. See that that right there. In my mind, for all the good intentions, that's almost close to colorblind shit. Why? Break it. Break it down for me. For me, first off, he didn't choose to die. That's yeah. He right. He was not an activist. Sacrificing your life. This is not a veteran, right? sacrificing their life for the country, something like that, you know? He did not choose to go out there and march. 
He was not a Martin. He was not a Malcolm. He was not a Dolores. He was not Ruth Bader Ginsburg. He was not a person that says, I'm going to risk it all for the culture. Right. It was unfortunate that he lost his life because individuals saw him as a, a target, saw him as aggressive, saw him as someone that should that life is not important. That is the, the real issue. So for like, don't reach for something that doesn't exist because it's almost disrespectful to the to, to him and his legacy. Yeah. In my mind, you know, that was I didn't I didn't see that. Like, that's crazy. What did he sacrifice? He was murdered. That's like saying, like, if I walk out here and the elk runs me over, I sacrifice my life for my people. No, I was going to my car and it was a, it was horrible. Not it was obviously much more important than that. But I'm telling you how like lackluster, like you just want to put something out to, to feel like you're a part of the culture. That's disrespectful, man. Right. Yeah. And I'm gonna be honest. It was even more. I, I didn't even like what um Senator Maxine Waters did. Which again, when she was was talking and and she went out to the march and was marching with the people and said, if we don't something to the effect, if we don't get the right vote. We need to make sure that we do something. You're inside it. You're doing almost the same thing that you accused Trump of Trump of doing. Right. This is this is what pisses me off about like activism. It's certain people in that lane, in that, in that world, that feel as though you gotta because people of color have been oppressed for so long, we have the right to kill individuals that look like the oppressor. That is not right. Yeah. Yeah. We should always lead in aggressive love. But to to match the energy of ignorance will never solve a problem. Right. Trump did right. his thing. And we are like, how the hell he gonna incite this? He had the right? True. Horrible. Horrible. Now we get it ready for a trial that could set another series of protests and kill more people. You're gonna say something like that as a, a senator? Yo, come on. I mean, as a congresswoman, come on, man. Come on. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. come on, guys. Like like and and see sometimes we 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 give ammunition for ignorance so now instead of talking about the issue of a life that was lost in Mr. George Floyd and how the needle of justice is is, is trying its best to move towards true justice we're now talking about Co- congresswoman Maxine Waters and what she said to certain certain individuals are, are harping on that this is like I, I, I like when you have vision, you have to think about every action that I do may have a consequence that's going to distract from my agenda. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a politician, and I, I know that. Like, I wouldn't say, "Hey, fuck the police," and then be like, "Yeah, my name is Courtney Russell, and I love everyone. I love NWA. I love it. I." But again. Their agenda was different. They were just two guys talking about how they felt, and that's that's art, that's music. But if you have a pulpit, and people are going to take your words and latch onto it as law, we're doing the same thing like Trump did. That's hypocritical. That's I got to be honest. Yeah, it's some like psychological gaslighting, mm-hmm. like this. You know, a, a a woman that I follow. I can't pull up the quote now. I think her on the Instagram her handle is trust me, I'm a social worker was just talking about that 
the notion of saying, sacrificing your life for justice. I don't know, like that it's like something about the notion of like, that more black people have to die for justice. Like it's like uh, creating a necessity because that is such a narrative in our country of like sacrificing your life. Like that's how we, you know, again, I just watch him. I listened to Hamilton again. So I'm all like thinking about the war back then, but like that's such like a call of like, let's transform this into some sort of something that it's not, you know, like justice should justice is what, (laughs) You know what they set up back then in the yeah. times of Washington and Hamilton and Adams. Mm-hmm. Like they, <laughs> this isn't something that we're supposed to be sacrificing lives for. Yeah. This isn't like something that should be normalized in that vein. Yeah, and to be coming from the Speaker of the House is like you have to understand your positionality in politics, your role in the your wing of politics, and like. Is that our expectation of the judicial system? Yeah, <laughs> like it's yeah. you know it's. I'm angry now. It's, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, that shit. See, that's the thing. I want to live for justice. I don't want to die for justice because then you can't do anything else. You're dead. You're dead. This is why I. I don't. I never say I want my legacy to be. I died for. For anything, I want to say my legacy is when he died, he lived for justice. He lived to make sure that everything he did aligned with that, and so to make it cool. To have a t-shirt, George Floyd died for justice. No, my man was going to do, he was minding his business. And Officer Chauvin and the other officers used their ignorance and their fear and and took another black life. That is the reality. He didn't, he he wasn't out here saying, hey, I want to be a this and that. He was crying out to his mother because like he was terrified. Again, using, I'm going to tell you something, poverty activism and the illusion of change, all that is big business it's a feeling it's emotional that makes you feel like oh i'm a part of something but then you get to drive your car you get to get chauffeured back out to your mansion you get protection you get you get you get waited on you live a great life individuals are still dying in minnesota every day again two people died at the hands of police officers so please like i again i just heard that i'm like I, I'm gonna research more context to get like I would love to know how do you think that was okay? The, see, this is why I said uh, for me, oh. it, for me, it's upsetting because it's like mm. I mean, obviously, she's focused on a lot of different issues. Mm-hmm. She has a lot on her plate, of course. <laughs> but to show the lack of understanding of what's actually going on there is just. It's just hard. It's just don't don't want to be a part of the conversation so much that when you insert yourself into the conversation, you look as if you're disconnected or you 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 look like you're reaching for something that doesn't exist. Like that is more disrespectful than if she would have said nothing about the issue. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, it's oh man that 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 one, eh, oh man. Man, you, yeah. To be happy about the justice system coming back with that kind of verdict, I get, you know, and I'm happy that individuals are seeing the death of George Floyd has taught us a lot, you know, has has brought not taught us a lot, 
but has brought to light things that we need to be focusing on. It, it spurred a lot of great conversations, but it was not the death of George Floyd was nothing new. Because if you think it's something new, you just you you're disrespecting the the death of all the individuals that died before George Floyd, which was a lot, a lot. Yeah. Okay. A lot. And so, we always we said this before on our show. You can't pick and choose when to stand tall. the The main reason that I think we protested so heavy, first off, everybody was at home. It was. The, the the coronavirus had just got went crazy, you know. Everyone was slow, had slowed down, and was able to see the with the impact and see what's really going on. It spurred a lot of conversations, and people were just getting upset as if it was the first time that a black man had died, or a black person had died, or a person of color had died at the hands of police officers, you know. And so, I man, I can't get off that. Like now, that that shit is ringing in my head. Like mm-hmm. to say he sacrificed his life and started it. Like, what did he start? Can you can you read that for me one more time, please? <laughs> Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice, for being there to call out to your mom. How heartbreaking was that? Oh, this wasn't a tweet. This was a news conference. Yeah. And because of you, your name will always be synonymous with justice. I mean, your name will always be synonymous with justice, maybe, but not be- because of you. Like that, that, and I don't, uh, I don't even think his name is going to be synonymous with justice. Action. Well, I hope. I mean, maybe. Like we don't know where this is going right now. It's synonymous with a a movement, you know. But we don't, we don't know. Like you said, this is like generations, you know. Like again, you had slave revolts and lynchings, and and let's start like Emmett Till. What we talked about. You had stuff that. And you said his death is synonymous with justice as a per like that is a heavy statement. Martin Luther King died. Malcolm X got assassinated. Both these guys got assassinated for the work that they were doing. Right. That's different. That's synonymous with justice. Let's not heavy- conflate these things. <laughs> Oh my God. Wow. That that's why I just I had to have it heard. I had to hear it again because I'm ooh, but um yeah, uh kind of throw me off. All right, all right. Ooh, let's bring bring me back, Emily, please. I'm 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 lost out there. I'm almost bring lost me back. Uh, I'll yeah. throw out a, a response <laughs> from Barack Obama. True justice requires that we come to terms with the fact that black Americans are treated differently every day. And it requires us to do the sometimes thankless, often difficult, but always necessary work of making the America we know more like the America we believe in. Mm. Mm. He's so art- so articulate. So mm. articulate. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Let's, let's not lose the nuance. I think that's the thing that always happens is like there is so much nuance in this and so much intentionality that we need to take to address something that affects people's lives so so much that there's like this temptation to make these great sweeping statements to make these great sweeping generalizations you know we're not gonna clump in george floyd with malcolm x and martin (laughs) luther king you know like we have to be nuanced to these are everyday small you know so i can share some of my experience from yesterday it was a very strange thing because it was couched in uh, okay um 
this is not me showing up as my my greatest yesterday or a couple days ago now. So I was a part in terms, this is, this is speaking to that like every day and black Americans being treated differently mm-hmm. because I was caught off guard faced with someone saying something very racist. And I was so stunned that I didn't say anything in that moment. So let me, let me tell you how it played out. So I was part of this, you know, basically this webinar of a bunch of different consultants getting together and exploring like a new way of of collaborating. And um, the person who was presenting how the community was going to interact was a Black American. And he, he was enthusiastic in the way that he was presenting. He, I thought his energy was great and exciting. And he had, you know, some colloquialisms that you might, you know, I, I can't even like, oh, how he presented it. I don't even know how to capture it. It was just very enthusiastic. And he might have brought some words in from, you know, Black culture words. I don't even know. Like, it was just, you know, whatever. It didn't even register. Mm-hmm. All, all that registered with me was his energy. And there was this older white guy in the call who was getting increasingly frustrated because he couldn't figure out the platform. And then we go into these breakout groups. And that white guy is in my breakout group. And mind you, I don't know. I know one other person in the breakout group. This is a group that I'm trying to do some work with. I I don't know. Like it, there's a lot of unknowns. I don't I don't know my place in the group. And this white guy continues to express his um his frustration with what's going on and he's like, you know, I joined the call late and, you know, just so you know, like I'm a speech coach. That's what I've done for 50 years. I'm a speech coach. And you have some hip hop guy presenting this information and he goes on and on. And it was so clear that he was pointing to ultimately like this guy is not performing whiteness the way that I want him to. And that is making me mad. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, pr- you know, uh, presenting himself as like, I'm a speech coach. He just was immediately like, I am holding the position of power and this guy is not conforming to the way that I need information presented in in this context. Mm-hmm. And so his anger was getting taken out at the organization for putting this gentleman in charge of that aspect. And the couple of us that were in the breakout room, you know, I was like literally like taken aback. And then like we kind of like stumbled through this and we had like 10 minutes. It was like limited time. And the person that was facilitating was like so stunned that they, you know, asked me to take notes and then went back to the breakout room. Anyway, the way that this falls out, I immediately called the organization afterwards. And this gentleman, you know, turns out was not integrally part of the organization and had no role there and was was asked to not come back because he was not representative of what they they wanted. This was all happening right before the verdict came out. And then I heard the verdict come out and where I was personally left in that moment was again, reflecting on the everyday interactions that create a situation where people are marginalized, people's voices are expected to assimilate that context, the small little moments. And then the fact that I did not say something in the moment I was like trying to articulate, but then Where I went when I reflect on that is I was trying to assess the relationships, you know, like, what is this guy's relationship to this organization? What is my relationship to this organization? If I speak up, what are the consequences? And this is like all running through my head 
very fast while I'm also panicked because I know something is wrong. Yeah. And I share this, I think, because I, I was just really humbled by my lack of response and the way that I was confused and disoriented and the necessity for me to like step in as a shield in that situation to show the other people in the group, the people of color in that group, that that's not that even that little breakout group, a 10 minute breakout group, that's not what we stand for. And the fact that it was the relationships, the social network, the social capital that kept me double guessing if yeah. I should step in has kind of just been like messing with me because again, that's economics, right? That's like, is saying something going to mess up my opportunity to X, Y, or Z? Like there wasn't even a clear path in this situation. And I bring that because there's this temptation again, to think that this is, you know, Derek Chauvin was the bad apple amongst this group. And this is the exception among this. And like, let's investigate Minnesota because maybe Minnesota is an exception among the U S and maybe mm-hmm. like there's all these layers of like other, other, other. And I think it's really For me, hitting home of like, no, this is me. This is the way that I'm standing in this country and I need to do better. And I'm just taking the opportunity to insert myself into the context of what's happening today. You know? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a powerful, um, and I appreciate that story. That's, that's vulnerability. That's truth. That's, that's strength, you know, um, Emily. And again, you push the respect to a whole nother level. Like, damn, I'm in awe right now. Cause you could have sat in that as the exceptional and of how US tries to make itself look exceptional, but you you the vulnerability that you just showed is is I'm awestruck. Also too, I want you to know that this is the work. You know, you're you've been white all your life. We just started working together a year ago. You know? And so there if you said I always do everything in this social justice fight right all the time. I will call you bullshit because there's no way you can do that. I don't even have to be in the room. Of course, it's terrifying. You're a white, you're a white woman, you're you're, you're an entrepreneur. It always comes back to economics. Can that take an opportunity away that could have made you some money to feed your family more, to to provide more for your family, more options for your family? That is always the interplay that has to be in your mind and also too as you push the work farther you're going to start to see that every opportunity that we think is a good opportunity is not a good opportunity like i would rather us move slow get our our situation right unhumanized versus get a sponsor who is low-key trying to appropriate our work who is who, who who is not aligned with exactly what we do and is lying versus like, well, because when we hit, it's going to be like an overnight cessation. The right person is going to hear this. The right organization is going to hear this. And we're going to be out of there because of the work we do, because of the, uh, the authenticity that you bring as a white woman to the table. But this, again, this is a journey. The destination is is wrapped up in the journey. The destination is obviously freedom, but freedom is is a perspective. And, and so you can't, you got to like, you know what? I, I may have got dunked on yesterday. I may have lost a playoff game, but the championship. The, yeah, that's true. Like, I get dunked on all the time. That's a good way of saying it. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, like, we, we, we we playing ball right now, you know, and you, you're in the gym 
And and we we both are yeah. like we're 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 in a game, a heavyweight game, man. And we get punched, we get dunked on, but we got what's most important is how do we recover? Like mm-hmm. you, you saw it this mm-hmm. time. What you gonna do next time? Are you gonna check old white? Yeah, dude? it's like it was getting a, a little closer. Like I wasn't, you know, closer and closer to in the moment. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> a funny thing is, like that I I want to bring to awareness as well is so like we started having conversations and recording them like almost exactly a year ago. Oh. Um, I wouldn't say we were like podcasting at that point. It was almost exactly a year ago. Oh, because I right. pop up on a timeline. Yeah, <laughs> we weren't like sitting together with our you know nice equipment and stuff. And around that time was when I started to work through uh, with a book group the first time, the, the White Supremacy and Me, Layla Sad's book. And there's a there's a point in the book that it's talking about reflecting on like, do you speak up? You know, like think of situations that you spoke up or didn't speak up. And I remember when working through that, I'm like, gosh, I just don't. I don't get many opportunities. Like I don't like directly encounter a lot of racism. Like my community is incredibly diverse. And there was like, that was kind of the feeling then of like, I didn't have a lot of examples. And since continuing from then and focusing on her work more and then our work, you know, multiple times every week, I'm amazed how many opportunities I have and how many little like stories and reflections. And I haven't obviously changed my life dramatically. I'm still at home. We're still in like COVID times. And it's what I'm feeling like. It's just my awareness and constant focus on social justice work that is helping me tune in more to how many opportunities I have to speak up and, and, call people out, call people in, you know, reflect on myself, how I could do better, have these conversations, even as someone living in a very, very white town in Colorado, like there's, there is tons of opportunity for this. And so it's like, it's a little bit humbling that I, you know, even just a year ago thought like, I don't have a lot of opportunities for this, but with the the focus, and I hope that for some of our listeners that that you know, listening to this every week is also doing that by, by proxy and the more that they engage and just a little teaser, we are thinking of ways to engage all of our listeners yeah. a little bit more directly with us. And that's in the works because it changes your consciousness. It changes your awareness of the world. At least it that's does. what it's done for me. Can't say I'm getting it right yet. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. But, wow. uh, you know, work in progress. Uh, huge, huge. <laughs> Um, so yeah, wow, great, great conversation. You definitely lifted my spirits, you know, because because I got a lot to change, you know, and just being a black person is just the assumption is that we got it together and the problems over there, you know, y'all the problem, y'all the problem, mm-hmm. white folk, y'all y'all got to step it up, nah, bro, we got to step it up. We all have to step it up. We truly want to be free. Have we been oppressed? Of course. But what now? What now? See, when you love for real, it's the strongest thing you could ever do. The strongest um, thing you could ever have. Love is equated with weakness here in society. But when you truly love someone, you're you're the strongest person, period. And so if you love uh, a community, if you love freedom, if you love a fight for towards freedom, that doesn't mean that I'm going to love freedom so much that I'm going to hate individuals that may have taken away or, or a system that protects individuals that may have taken away my freedom. 
that just means that I have to work to dismantle the system that has taken away my freedom and leave the person and, and understand there are individuals that have benefited that are willing to be in the fight. They just don't know their place. And like when we when we do when I think about Speaker Pelosi, it's not disrespect on her. She just is just showing that she may have more work to do. You know, I mean, she's she's brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, um, brilliant people make mistakes. You know, um, Derek Chauvin. I don't know that man. You know, he made a mistake. He did not execute well, or he who was led by an emotion. He was led by fear in a situation that he's going to have to be held accountable for now. But is he a bad person? I don't know Derek Chauvin. You know, and and so like a lot of times individuals conflate a lot of situations and humanize a problem like i don't want to humanize a problem i want to dismantle a system and humanize the individuals that are either benefiting from the problem or being either killed or oppressed by the problem that's what i love about this work that we do that's the humanized part that is so powerful to me about this because we're humanizing a solution that's dope you know like we're like this this is what a solution looks like as a person here we go white man black i mean whoa, whoa. <laughs> black man white <laughs> white white woman. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hold, on, hold on hold on hold on now hold on now hold on now you know, white woman, black man yeah. walking towards yeah. freedom together. That's a that's huge. That's a humanizing the solution that yeah. I love to be a part of. And so I feel blessed. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to leave our, our listeners with another call to action today. So someone that we haven't, you know, sung praises for, given love for is Darnell Frazier, who recorded Floyd being murdered. Yes. I feel for her, the trauma that she has to live through having been there and the questions yeah. that she has to live through, could I do more? But she was able to do something that created a lot of change. And that was because she had enough room on her phone. So the call to action <laughs> for all of us is, th- I looked it up for iPhones. Again, it's 1.5 gigabytes of storage on your phone. This is how much storage you need on your phone to take a 10 minute video. And I think it's something that all of us need to be prepared for because we are the witnesses for what is happening and more public accountability to the police is what's happening, public accountability to everyone. So that's a very tangible uh, call to action today. Make sure you have storage on your phone. I love it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because if you always ready, you don't have to get ready. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you so much for the conversation today and for your honesty as always. Oh, one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. Please listen, enjoy, and subscribe to the Humanized Podcast ASAP. (laughs) Uh, Awesome. Okay, have a great day, everyone. Much love, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Humanize. Please remember to like and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Join us on Instagram or Facebook to continue this conversation at The Humanize Podcast. Let us know if you want to learn more about the professional trainings we offer. And of course, tune in next time as we continue the work. Thank you and much love.